0: So, uh, are we good? Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll count us in with uh, three, two, one. Okay.
1: <laughs> Fuck you too, buddy. <laughs> and now,
0: our feature presentation. All right. So, it is uh, the week of groundhog day here in america which probably doesn't translate at all to the rest of the countries but in honor of groundhog day we are with you with groundhog day i of course am john
1: rhodes and with me is say there you go <laughs> here's the thing what you don't understand is i've already done this podcast four times son of
0: a bitch I'm so fucking sick of doing this podcast. You're stuck in a loop, aren't you? I am. I'm fucking <laughs> sick of
1: it. I've got no consequences. This is a courtesy. I've already killed you twice.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, this just seemed like it'd be a fun idea to me. Um, I have to ask, have you actually seen this before? No, this is my
1: first time seeing it. You've never seen this before? No. That's and shocking to me. I feel like I should lead everything I'm about to say with a preface of, I don't like Bill Murray.
0: Every time I see him, I dislike him some more. Well, in making this film, he was not the first choice. Who did Harold Ramis have in mind? Was it Dan Aykroyd? The original choice was Tom Hanks. Oh, that would have been phenomenal. Tom Hanks brought up the point of everyone knows I'm a nice guy. They will just be waiting for me to be the nice guy. Right. So, he started kind of searching. Um, Michael Keaton was one, but
1: You know, I think that point's funny because I have the reverse effect where I think Bill Murray is a conceited douchebag and he's a borderline rapist in every film I've ever seen him in. So I see him as the exact opposite. When he does finally act nice, I'm like, oh, he's just trying to get better at raping the girl. Got it. (laughs) That's a lot of my thoughts on this
0: movie, by the way. We'll touch upon all that. But uh, the other one in running was uh, Chevy Chase.
1: Oh, that would have been equally awful.
0: It's not um, more awful. And the only one that Harold Ramis kept coming back to was Bill Murray because he does have that edge to him because he is so good at playing that asshole that at first you're not going to like him. And that's right. the whole point of the film that they really wanted to get across. Mm-hmm. And I think they do an excellent job of setting up Phil, not the Groundhog, but Phil Murray's character. Connors, yeah. As being completely unlikable. He's pretty much like... Um, Biff from Back to the Future. Like, you just hate this guy right off the bat.
1: Yeah. (laughs) My issue there, though, is I never came around on him. I was just there the entire film. Oh, okay. I had one redeeming point. Now, the whole premise of the movie is he's stuck on the same day in a town he hates, around people he hates, and is suffering through to try and leave, but he can't leave because there's a blizzard. So he's stuck in this time loop of one day over and over and over again, and it's like a personal hell. He thinks he's free for a little bit when he thinks about how I could do anything with no consequences. Turns out that worse than pretty quick. Uh, by now, it's a cliche trope, but it wasn't a cliche yet. So I give it that. that oh, credit. this was completely original. Um, I'll give it that credit, but it's so fucking boring despite that. It's really? like they didn't actually do anything with that premise. They're like, but what if one asshole had like a few days to do whatever he wanted? I don't know, I don't know what more you could have done because I feel like every time I think of movies that do that premise and do it better, it's because they could work off the back of this movie, which is why I'm giving it the credit of this not being a cliche yet. It just felt like they didn't do enough with it.
0: Well, the difference is is that this is just about the redemption of one man. right. So what more can you do with that in a limited setting? I
1: really enjoyed the times he was killing himself. That was pretty enjoyable.
0: <laughs> Well, to me, I love this film because I think Bill Murray is fucking hysterical in this. I
1: didn't laugh once the entire time. I, I have it. not laughed this hard in a long time. I'm learning that mean you have very different flavor profiles in comedy. Oh yeah,
0: which you know is usually why we don't talk about comedies because it's very subjective. It's,
1: I would say, I would argue, it's the most subjective because it's yeah. all about humor. Is so broad. Mm-hmm. Some people find. The dumbest little thing. like You can find white people at work that are like, "Oh, do, do you have do you have my stapler? Because if, if you have it, then I can't staple anything. <laughs> and it's like, alright, cool, I'm going to go eat a bullet now, thanks. <laughs> or there's a very dark stand-up comedy where you talk about liquefying babies to feed to your pig, or whatever <sighs> the fuck. And some people will laugh at that because that's hysterical, or like raping a Jewish girl, or whatever nonsense. Because there there's people that will laugh at anything. You just gotta know where to find them which is why me you know usually cover comedy because there's no there's no objective truth or anything you can observe from it right. because it's too subjective.
0: And when you cover just a flat out comedy all you're doing is talking about jokes and your reaction to them. Right. Whereas this I actually think has a through line and a story to it and it's just also
1: funny. I just the whole time even when by the end of the film, he's being genuinely good. Yeah. Because he's like, fuck it, why not? Even that came across as he's still trying to just bang his co-worker. I don't see it that way. I never saw the turning point where he stopped seeing it that way. And I'm sure there was at some point. But with Bill Murray, I just never got away from that. The only point I found redeeming the film where I thought, oh shit. Like, I actually started to give a shit about Bill Murray was at a point he realizes he's been passing this homeless man every day, and he actually starts to try to take care of him, because he realizes he dies this Mm -hmm. day, every day, no matter what. And he keeps trying and trying to you know, save him, and he can't. And that's the point I was like, okay, okay, I can get on board with this, maybe. Not even because it'll get him out of it. That's the thing, is this character's so selfish. I can't tell when he's doing things for himself, or when he's doing them for genuinely good reasons to help other people.
0: I think the thing that's really interesting about this film and its approach is hey, it doesn't give an explanation. And our lead character is the type of guy that never questions it. Mm-hmm. He he's never like, Why is this happening to me? Screaming at the sky or anything like that. Right. He's just going with it. I mean, he's annoyed. He thinks he's going crazy at first. Mm-hmm. And then he runs a little test with the pencil and whatnot and realizes that he's just reliving this day. Right. Goes through depression. Well, like, he, he goes through all these stages.
1: He but... does try to break it on his own a few times where he's like I'm gonna do good things and that's why I struggled to believe him in the end because he does a few good things a few times and he's like oh I'm still stuck here so I guess that didn't work and that's why by the end I'm like you got lucky I don't ever believe he was genuine I think he got lucky that he broke whatever cycle he was stuck in
0: Well, watching it this time it's interesting because you see his evolution throughout this where he realizes that he can just do whatever he wants on like the fourth day, mm-hmm. so he starts like robbing people um, figuring out how to sleep with women because he's a terrible character right and then he realizes he has he has a slight infatuation with his new producer and we have this whole montage where he spends who knows how many days trying to get with her. Mm-hmm. And then he goes through depression and kills himself. Which funny fact? When they were filming this, if he's repeating something, they just filmed it back to back to back. I to noticed
1: back. that, like the scenes of him on the street, stepping in the water, talking to the insurance salesman, mm-hmm. and giving the yeah. money the homeless guy. Uh, just thinking about it, I was like, "There's no way they didn't spend three days just shooting this over and over and over." Well, that's what,
0: yeah. Once they got the the first take, you know, it'd be the next day, mm-hmm. so th- they just keep rolling. Right. And the way that Harold would tell Bill where he was at during it was good Phil, bad Phil. So he knew how to play the scene right. because, you know, you're playing the exact same scene six ways. Mm-hmm. So, but one of the ways he tries to kill himself is stealing Punxsutawney Phil because he thinks maybe, you know, this groundhog has something to do with him who he's in, in right. and killing himself with the groundhog. Funny thing is, is, they used a real groundhog, and the whole thing in the truck, they just rolled. And it's Bill Murray just kind of
1: ad living yeah. the
0: whole time with the groundhog. And you see towards the end where it's like freaking out, trying to climb over the steering wheel and mm-hmm. just pissed off. And he's just saying, don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. There's no more because the groundhog just turned around and took a fucking chunk out of his hand. Nice. And Bill Murray had to get all kinds of rabies shots and everything because it literally bit a chunk out of his hand. You saw the teeth on that fucking thing. So
1: Good groundhog.
0: <laughs> but from there, you know, he he just starts improving himself. And I, I think that's one of the interesting things about this is we just watched the evolution of this man.
1: I think my issue there, though, is Brita, she calls mm-hmm. him out on it, saying, like, are you keeping some kind of list about me? And yeah. she gets paranoid about him because he is. Yeah, he, he absolutely is. is. And it's always selfish when he's doing yeah. that. So when I see he's taking all these piano lessons and I see she gets impressed by him, I'm like, well, he's doing it to impress her because he knows that Initially help. he was and,
0: because she says she likes a guy that can play an instrument.
1: Right. Well, that's the thing is I, there's no point in the movie where it's clear to show he broke free from the selfishness. And I think that's what's supposed to have broken him free of this cycle because he finally has one perfect day where he's helped everybody in some way. But there's no clear point to me where it's like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm stuck here. Why not try to have a good day with it? It's always selfish. And I think he just gets lucky the one day that he was like, I'm trying to impress her to the point. She finally slept with me, rat. And I wake up and she's next to me. They never sleep together
0: in that scene. Mm-hmm. She just falls asleep but i think that's one of the things i like about it is that it's it's subtle and it doesn't hit you over the head where he's like literally like oh i got to do this mm-hmm. this guy's lived through this day and to me it's kind of where he just stops pursuing her because he can't
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then like you see he's just reading books in the diner or going and helping someone who's choking just all these different little things and you see him even at one point like checking his watch double checks it's like oh shit and has to start running to catch this kid to fall out of
1: a tree and it's just all these different little things but to me that's more checklist behavior like he's doing all these because he has each moment already planned in his head like the list he makes for Rita and I another reason why I think this is also selfish is because she's the only woman it seems like he pursues that constantly shoots him down rejects him it's just it's impossible for that to happen I think his selfish ego can never let that go. I don't think he loves her. I think he develops this obsession with her. He's a celebrity. I put heavy clothes around that. And <laughs> yeah, she's a like, weatherman. She's like the one trophy he can't conquer. I think initially it is that. And I think that's all it is. I don't think he genuinely loves her. Even at the end, he's excited because he's free. He doesn't give a shit that she's like in love with him now too. Well, I, I think it's all just trying to conquer it.
0: Well, here, let me ask you this, because this may change your perception, because I I think
1: about this differently. Okay. How long do you think he repeats this day? I assume it's years, honestly. How fine-tuned he is and everything, I assume he's lived that day for years. I should preface all of this, too, with the fact there's another film that does the same premise. So, you know, stuck in the same day forever.
0: Multiple, I'll talk about it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, I love this movie named Palm Springs. It's a Hulu original film. It's yeah, a romantic comedy. Yeah. It's, it's you know, similar and everything. This one has a lot more of why. Not so much the how, but why. They're stuck in the same day. It's Andy Samberg's character. He's at a wedding. His his friend or brother's wedding or something. He gets fucked up on a bunch of drugs and they're out in Palm Springs. And he just goes into the desert with a friend and he walks into a cave. There's this weird vortex thing in the cave he walked in. Then he woke up and he started the day over again. And every he's been stuck doing the same thing. But he's not the main character. He's the supporting character. The main character is the bride's sister. She cheated. Or she didn't cheat. The groom cheated on her sister with her. So hmm. she wakes up with him every morning. She goes and parties with Andy Samberg's character. The one night. Her first day. She goes spends the night with him. They get fucked up on a bunch of drugs. Because she's dealing with her own bullshit. Being a yeah, terrible human being. And... She watches him go towards the vortex and walks into it out of curiosity, even though he's screaming at her not to go. But she goes through it. So now she's stuck in the state with him. And they don't do so much the good person routine because that's not how you get out of a vortex. It's more, I hate to say science-based because it's not scientific. but it, it ends with her going and spending years of this day studying quantum mechanics. And she eventually learns, if I could just blow this fucking vortex up with me in it, I'm free. And all that's crap crapshoot, because who gives a shit? They die, boom, they're right back. It's yeah, the same, it over. same way it works in yeah. the Death. And I just think it's a much better comedy. I think it's a more real romance, because it is guy who's lived the same day and has gone insane, just doesn't give a shit anymore. So, like, at one point he tells her, like, oh, I've slept with you, like, nine times. Like... Now that you're stuck here with me and we've had this relationship over the same day over and over, it, it's just this whole new interesting mechanic to me of having multiple people stuck there. You're not so alone anymore, but you really are still stranded in this place alone. I get it. Um, but to me, Groundhog Day is not about the romance. It's about Phil's evolution. That's my problem. I feel like he never evolved. He got better skills. That's about it. See, I disagree. because. To me, I
0: see it where he's just self-centered, egotistical asshole who, even before that, if you pay attention, feels like he's stuck in this same day, this same routine because right. he's, he's been to Punxsutawney four times already. And, you know, you can feel that he's already stuck in this monotony that a lot of us can relate to. Right. And then he actually gets stuck in this basically jail of Punxsutawney in this day, this time. And, you know, we, we see him, you know, angry, confused depressed, mm-hmm. just being a blatant asshole because he thinks he's God. And then he just gives up on all of that and just starts to improve himself and just do things that he finds interesting, reading books, playing the piano, ice sculpting. And right. it's not until that he gives up all that ego and everything and is just doing things because he enjoys them and is helping people because he's found the joy in that.
1: But that's my problem with the selfishness is he believes he's stuck in this day. He believes he'll never break free. He's doing this because it makes him feel better. Yeah. It's not because it's the right thing to do. He's doing it because it makes him feel better. And that's why it'll never break the selfishness to me. And he's, he's still the same guy. Like when he catches the kid out of the tree,
0: he's like, you know, you've never thanked me, you little jerk. Right. Maybe next
1: time I won't. He's still the same person. But, but... it still makes him feel better. It's not mm-hmm. He's not doing it because it's the right thing to do. Because that's just not that character. He, that character can never become that. Because it's does, Bill Murray. Though. I just he, It never
0: does, though, to me. I mean, come on. Everything he does to me shows that he's now selfless.
1: He's doing the right thing. But it's not because it's the right thing. I'll agree with you. It's not always for the romance or the lust yeah. or whatever. But he's doing it for selfish reasons no matter what. And because he's stuck in this day. because he's the character he is. It'll never break free of that. I will say, directing wise, great. Uh, Harold oh, I loved it. Did a fantastic job. The planning that would have had to go into making the movie. Because you're not gonna, you know, walk down a whole town and all of the different locations for six, eight months at a time. So you can go shoot this and then come back to the diner, and then go shoot this and go back to the diner. So the idea that you're shooting all of the diner scenes and because you're wearing the same clothes and everything, it doesn't yep. matter. The You're spending like a then. week in the diner mm-hmm. doing different versions of the scene.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting. And even Harold Ramis talked about, you know, we had to discuss was it going to be sunny, overcast, whatnot, because every day had to look like that. Right. So, like, he also did a major rewrite with the screenwriter because okay. originally it just kind of started where Phil thinks he's God. Okay. Like he's been living in this forever. He thinks he's God. But no, the reason I asked. How many days you think is because there's not a clear answer. No.
1: Yeah. Harold
0: definitely. Ramis said eh, about ten. The screenwriter just ten days. Ten years. Oh, okay. We're talking years here. Okay. The screenwriter joked that it was a thousand years. Now, yeah. some nerds like me have. I, I'm not the person that did this, but some nerd actually calculated with a rough estimate how many days, how long it would take to master the piano, learn French you know, ice sculpted, just Mm -hmm. all the thing. The rough estimate is that he was in there for uh, about 35 years. Okay. Repeating the same day. I would have guessed at least a decade. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think about. And that's one of the things that always gets me about this film in particular is I always end up asking myself, what would I do in this? Because, yeah, we've talked about there's, there's Palm Springs and there's, there's all the others out there like that. like
1: Well, yeah, so much to the point, it's cliche now. Because right. Because it's such a used
0: trope. None of those have made me actually question, what would I do? Right.
1: Whereas Paul Springs definitely did that for me. And I think it's more of, I assume this was the first film with that trope you saw, Groundhog Day? Well, yes. Okay, so I think <laughs> maybe that's part of it. It's like, same with Evil Dead. You can do that story so many different times in different ways. But you're only going to get that story right once, and it's however you viewed it first.
0: Right. I mean, well, we're talking about how it's cliche. I, I just kind of want to touch upon. Um, one of the Wayne's brothers did a a, a spoof on this called Naked. Uh, there's Source Code, Edge of Tomorrow. How I
1: do... I like Source Code. I think Source Code's a fucking brilliant movie. I've never I, seen it actually. It's, Edge, it's, Edge it's... of
0: Tomorrow is actually a really good time through. Love sidebar. Edge of
1: Tomorrow. Yeah. And now that there's that deal with. I sent it to you, right? The Tom Cruise deal with Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. About how he's going to be developing projects. Apparently, the studio's pushing for an Edge of Tomorrow, too, since it's got so much back appraisal. I was going like, to say, that it thing bombed. Bombed in theaters. Yeah. But so the Blade Runner and a few other films. But oh, when fair they get enough. so much of a cult following, because Edge of Tomorrow fucking fantastic, Ooh. they had to do a hard rebrand on it. I think now it might actually be titled Live, Die, Repeat. But.
0: Yeah, pretty much anything you buy is live, die, repeat, and then yeah. real small lettering it under tomorrow. it. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, uh, Source code, I don't even want to put in the same category because it's similar in premise, but it's not so much like you're stuck living the same day. There's a very different purpose involved, and it's not stuck. Right. It's It's interesting. There's a lot of limits in that one, too. There's also a
0: stage play based on this. And then there's two foreign films that are just remakes, but they got to adjust it because they don't have Groundhog's Day, as it turns out. So there's one called Stork's Day and then something that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. Okay. And then there's actually a virtual video game sequel. Gross. Yeah. You play Phil Jr. And you have to get the perfect day. It sounds fucking terrible.
1: I have zero interest. (laughs) But I also had no interest in this movie, so...
0: Oh. Well, let's hear how wrong you are.
1: I'm sure this movie's beloved, because I also seem to have the very, very minor opinion on Bill Murray. (laughs) that I think every movie I've ever seen Bill Murray in, he's borderline a rapist. I don't know why everybody thinks of him as a super charismatic, charming asshole. Kind of like the way you would think of Tony Stark now. But... I just don't see it. I just see him as this conceited douche that is just trying to fuck anything that moves. Uh, Zombieland. I didn't like him in Zombieland. How do you not like him in Zombieland? I, he's, he's just, just there because him he's still got the fucking ego and I'm so sick of Bill Murray. I fucking hate Bill I Murray. I love Bill Murray so much. fucking hate Bill Murray. <laughs>
0: Uh, But anyway, you were saying it's tainted by the fact that you don't like Bill Murray.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's like, maybe I'd feel better if it wasn't Bill Murray. I, I guess it really fell on the point you were talking about with Tom Hanks, and they didn't want the nice guy because you had to believe he was a douche at first. But I feel the opposite where it's Bill Murray. So I feel like, yeah, he was the douche at first, but he never got out of it. He's just always a douche. What's your rating? My rating? Two stars. Mm. I right. gave it two stars entirely because I thought the directing was impressive. <laughs> that was it. I gave it the credit that it's the original of the living the same day over and over kind of premise, but the directing is extremely impressive. I give Harold Ramis all the credit because I think he's a very competent writer and director. Writer and, and director, not writer-director.
0: Actually, it was a spec script that was brought to him, but you know, not his original. He's
1: script. got the writing credit. Well,
0: he shares it, but yes, yeah, it, a lot of what we see is his rewrite with the screenwriter.
1: So, okay.
0: um, but yeah, Harold Ramis. I mean, this reinvigorated his career and Bill Murray's. I mean, right? Because well, it was off.
1: already the it was early '90s. Ghostbusters two had already come out and kind of killed a lot of their momentum. Yeah, so it was like, all right, this is make or break. And for them, it you know it was make. If I had yeah. seen it, it would have been a break, and it would have been done with them both. Well,
0: Harold Ramis was pretty much known for, you know, the comedies with Bill Murray and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah he, Ghostbusters he, he was kind of down on his look. And this one reinvigorated where he, he got several more films to varying degrees, like multiplicity and whatnot. But, right. Uh, and for Bill Murray, this actually showed that he's more than a comedian, that he can actually act. Um, sure, you can call it that. I mean, when you actually watch this, he's not just doing his Bill Murray shtick. I, you, you know, know it's funny you
1: say that because that's all I saw the whole movie was I like, mean, this is just Bill Murray shtick. I disagree because he, he actually plays a
0: different character by the end of the film. It's completely different. It's not the same Bill Murray that you'd see in Ghostbusters at all or any of his other movies at the time.
1: I don't know. They're all rapists. <laughs> and Rapists that are three drinks away from it. And then, uh,
0: you know, this allowed him to have a completely different career where he actually had more dramatic roles. So it actually went on to great acclaim. So Boston translation being the one I think he was nominated for an Oscar for.
1: I believe it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Uh, for me, uh, this is five stars. I could not tell you how much I enjoyed this film. I watched it twice. Yeah. I enjoyed it so fucking much. I put on the commentary and watched it a second time.
1: I fully agreed to do this entirely because you seemed very excited to do this. I was already like, I don't want to fucking watch Bill Murray, but all right, all right. Do you think that affected you at all, that you were already going in
0: reluctant like fucking Bill Murray? Well, like I
1: said at the start of this, I fucking hate Bill Murray. (laughs) So yeah, I think that did have a negative impact. I think this movie, like you mentioned Tom Hanks. I just sell into everything Tom Hanks does. So if he wants to act like an ass, it's not going to surprise me at the end of the movie that, oh, he's a good person now. But that's because I know the cliche of that trope. That's typically where you have to go, is you get to be a better person for this to work. So that's not a negative to me. If it was Tom Hanks, I would probably enjoy this movie a lot more. A lot of the negativity of this movie is Bill Murray for me. I I cannot
0: imagine Tom Hanks doing this. Tom Hanks would have fucking
1: killed it. I love Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks
0: would have done great in the second half. The first half, I don't know if I would have been able to buy the smarmy asshole. I don't think he would. I think he would have had to play it more
1: charm. He would have had to play. I don't think there should be charm to it. I think he would have played it a lot more sarcastic. Like Bill Murray's performance is supposed to be charismatic, but like shitty. I keep liking it to Tony Stark, you know Robert Downey Jr. esque, but I don't think he had it. Oh, I loved it.
0: I found him charming the whole way. Like I think he's fucking hysterical in this.
1: Mm, Hard disagree. Yeah. So you gave it five stars?
0: Five stars, 100%. Benchmark. It, two? it is literally a benchmark in cinema.
1: So it's got a road trip cinema average of three and a half stars. That's too high still. <laughs> three I mean, stars, if, I would have been like, all right, fine.
0: If I could go higher, I would. No. Fuck <laughs>
1: that.
0: All right, I'll put it to you this way. If I had to do like a top five comedies,
1: this is in there. Oh, this isn't even making my fucking like top 30 comedies. Comedies, I have to laugh at though. So, yeah, like I said, I laughed so hard during this. I didn't Multiple laugh times. once, not once. Just none of it clicked for me. It was just not my wheelhouse. See, I find that smarmy asshole humor hysterical. I love it. I can when it's not Bill Murray being an annoying douche. <laughs> like Andy sandberg I think nails it when he does it. Robert Downey Jr. I think is great when he does oh it. Robert Downey Jr. Like, yeah. I think there's plenty of actors that can do it. I think Bill Murray is just a fucking annoying douche. Love Bill Murray. Can't get behind it at all. So you're saying an iconic film
0: lauded the world over that started this whole cliche to the point that Groundhog's Day is part of the American lexicon isn't of that caliber. though.
1: Yeah, I mean, I gave it two stars. (laughs) It could have been half a star. And I'm applauding Harold Ramis.
0: I guess I can't fault you because... I, is... I
1: don't think Bill Murray's performance is good. This is Bill Murray's and best. Let me say this. I don't think Bill Murray's a human being. He's a terrible person. I find him personally annoying. I don't know of anything he's done that is a horrible or bad thing whatsoever. I just hate him in movies. Oh, I, I think him. he's a bad actor. But so I much. think Harold Ramis is a fucking genius. I think he's great. And I think Absolutely. this movie only survives because of him. No. You don't see it, but Bill Murray's half the reason. I disagree. Maybe that's why less than half of the rating I don't like more than half the rating.
0: Well, I tell you what. Let's take a break. We'll come back tomorrow in a time loop.
1: Maybe that's why I'm so bitter. I've done this four fucking times already. Exactly. Right? sick of talking. So about we're going to talk
0: about this again tomorrow and maybe I'll be able to persuade you.
1: Alright, we'll try again tomorrow. See what happens.
0: Alright, but uh, in the coming weeks, not sure exactly when, uh, we are going to be getting our random list. I don't have a better title for it, where it's some of our favorite films, mm-hmm. and we're just going to have a random number generator, pick a number, and then we'll
1: discuss the film. Pretty soon, too, we'll be discussing the Monsterverse. I know it feels like we just got over Godzilla, but because Godzilla calling new empire is coming out, now we got to dive right back in. I mean, can we just do the random number generator and talk about good films? You know, <laughs> I I haven't had a break from Godzilla yet because I also started Monarch Legacy of Monsters. It's the Apple TV Plus show that uh, ties into the Monsterverse. It's like very right. interwoven. It's fucking good. It's surprisingly good. Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell play the same character. That characters. is
0: the only thing that piques my interest about it. That
1: was the thing that I was like, all right, I got to know what the fuck's going on. And then I watched I was like, Okay, Wyatt Russell's actually pretty fucking good. I don't care for the modern day stuff as much, but the 50s and early 60s stuff with Wyatt Russell and one of the workaholic characters is just fucking great. All of that like World War II era, 50s era, oh. let me explore the globe, It's just so interesting. Hmm. It's really enjoyable. All right, so randomizer. MonsterVerse verse movies that's godzilla 2014 kong skull island godzilla king of the monsters and godzilla versus kong leading up to godzilla and kong new empire all right so we'll be back more bill murray god damn it monsters got it
0: you've arrived at your destination